Grace and mercy and peace are all yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, our Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear Saint, what is it that's afflicting you? What is it that's causing you stress and anxiety and worry in your life? You know, a study was done by the American Psychological Association a number of years ago, and the top 10 causes of stress among Americans could really be boiled down to three things. You could probably almost guess what they are. Money, be it your own personal finances or the state of the economy, anything to do with money, be it if you have a little or a lot. Relationships, stress in a marriage, a friendship, at a family member. And the third, work. The demands on your time from your job, the busyness of life and everything else that it throws at you and all of how that all fits together. At the top 10 things that cause people stress that this study found were all related to those three things. Money, relationships, and work. But, but you could probably add to that list, couldn't you? They're saying, what is afflicting you? What's causing you anxiety and stress and worry? Maybe it's the state of our world and all the things that we see going on around us. And worrying about the future for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Maybe, maybe it's a temptation you're struggling with. Or a sin in your life that, that you just can't seem to shake. Maybe that stress is being caused by, by guilt and regret. Things in the past that you've done and said that you can't change, that you can't take back. You're saying, what is afflicting you? What is it that's causing you stress and worry and anxiety in your life? Whatever it is, your shepherd longs for you to be rid of it. Your good shepherd longs for you to have rest from everything that would cause you stress and anxiety and worry. Six weeks ago, we celebrated Good Shepherd Sunday. It's always the fourth Sunday of Easter, and we, we look at those beautiful pictures in Scripture of, of God or Jesus being our shepherd and how he cares for us and watches over us and feeds us and protects us. Six weeks feels like a long time ago. And maybe some of those promises that you heard and, and those comforting words you heard have already gone and disappeared from your mind and your heart. So we get to revisit a little bit again today. How our shepherd cares for us. How our shepherd longs for us to have rest from everything that would cause us stress in this life. If you want to know the opposite of, of, of stress and worry and anxiety, just look at the, the picture of our Good Shepherd. And I know you know these words extremely well. You, you could probably say them along with me, maybe not the version of, of the Bible that I have, but, but you know these words so well from Psalm 23. 
but I want you to listen to them again. And I'm not going to make you, but, but I'd encourage you, close your eyes and just picture, picture what is here for you. What reality is here for you. How your good shepherd longs for you to have rest. What you hear in Psalm 23 is the complete opposite of stress and worry and anxiety. Listen to these words as if you've never heard them before. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where's the stress? Where's the anxiety? Where's the worry when we have a good shepherd like that? And that's what your good shepherd longs for you to have. Rest right now. Rest from all the worries and troubles and sins and temptations of this life. And rest eternal, waiting for you after. And your good shepherd comes to you in this word and he says, here it is. Here's the rest that you so desperately want and need. It's yours. I long for you to have it. But, but that's not quite enough even for our Savior, for our good shepherd. He goes even beyond that. And our good shepherd supplies to us people. Earthly shepherds who are there to come and to bring us this rest that he longs for us to have. Our second lesson that we're looking at this morning from 1 Peter 5 uh, it talks about how this good shepherd of ours supplies for the needs of his church with earthly shepherds. Much of the epistles, much of the letters that we find in the New Testament are, are written to the whole congregation, written to, to all the believers, the whole Christian church, both of that time and today. Uh, but we get little sections here once in a while, like this one, that are specific to leaders, to spiritual leaders in the church. And so maybe you wonder, well, why would you preach on this? This is not about us. This is about you, pastor. Why are you preaching to us about it? Preach to yourself. Well, I'll tell you, I do preach this to myself regularly. But there's something here for you, too. Because in these words, we hear what our good shepherd gives to his church. The blessing of earthly shepherds to prepare us for that rest that our good shepherd longs for us to have. Listen to these words again. They were our second lesson, so they're printed out for you in the service folder. If you'd like to follow along or open up your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, Peter writes, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. 
Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. You have doctors in your life. And these days, a doctor for every part of the body, right? That are there to tell you what's going on, what's wrong, and hopefully how to fix it. Who understand the body and how it works and medicines and how they can help or surgeries and how they can relieve pain, right? We have doctors to help us with those things. Many of us entrust our financial concerns to a financial advisor that know the markets, that that know how to invest, that can help us with our savings, with our retirement. We go to an expert when it comes to our finances. And unfortunately today, you got to take your car to the mechanic because it's so computerized these days, you can hardly even change your own oil. But you rely on your mechanic to help get your car fixed and keep it in good running condition so that you can be safe in it and drive down the road at 70 miles an hour. We have these people in our lives that we trust, that we we go to for advice, that, that we look to to help us. And more important than all of those, more important than your mechanic and your financial advisor, and yes, even your doctor, It's the spiritual care and guidance that we need for our souls. And God even gives you someone for that too. He gives you shepherds. And in the church, the the shepherds takes a a different number of forms. Here here again, the, 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 the words that are used in the New Testament for leaders in the church don't quite match up necessarily with the the terms that we use today, 2,000 years later, and that's okay. I hear the word used as elders. Right? And an elder really at that time was what we consider a pastor today. But that spiritual leadership in the church takes many forms, doesn't it? Today. We do have what we call elders. We have a board of elders, four men of this congregation, who have been chosen by this congregation to help overcare the spiritual needs of this church. Those elders are your spiritual leaders who are there to watch over you and care for you and to serve you with the word of God. We have teachers. We have faithful Sunday school teachers who every week prepare a lesson for Jesus' lambs, for your children. They spend so much time each week getting ready to be able to to teach a Bible story and to be able to apply it to their life We've got teen Bible study leaders. We've got a young adult Bible study leader. These are your fellow members who have been entrusted by you to teach, to care for, to serve with the Word of God. And then, of course, you have a pastor. And do you know what that word pastor means? The word pastor means shepherd. 
That is what the role of a pastor is. And within the Lutheran Church, that is our favorite term for this position. Yes, there is minister, and there's reverend, and there's preacher, and all of these different words we could use, but pastor. Pastor, that, that name shepherd, reveals what this position is all about. To be an under-shepherd of the good shepherd. To carry out the good shepherd's work to you. To serve. To watch over. To care for. That is what your good shepherd gives to you. He gives these spiritual leaders in the church to prepare you for the rest that he longs for you to have. God supplies them. Did you catch that? God gives these shepherds to his flock. They're God's, you're God's flock. You belong to him, but he has given to you shepherds, overseers, elders, teachers who are here to carry out the work that our good shepherd has given to us. You know, when I was installed as your pastor, almost three years ago, it'll be three years on July 22nd, these very words from 1 Peter 5 were spoken over me right here, right here, by our district president. These very words on what a pastor's responsibility is. And I can tell you that every time I read these words, I am struck with a holy fear of what this means, of the responsibility that God has placed on me. I do not take these words lightly in any way. I, I look at these words and the qualifications, and, and every time I read them, I am reminded of my failures and how I, too, need to run to the same cross you do. And seek forgiveness when I have not lived up to the high calling that God has given to me. When I read these words, I'm also humbled. Humbled that God, humbled that our good shepherd would want to use someone like me to serve you. And I just want to tell you what a blessed privilege that is. What an honor that is. What a joy that is. To be chosen by God to serve you, his flock. To watch over you, to care for you, to serve you, to set an example for you. That is a high calling. That brings me great joy and, and leads me to my knees to look to the good shepherd for strength to carry out this calling. What a joy it is, dear Christians, for the times that I have already been able to, to be that shepherd to you in sermons, in Bible classes, in counseling, in the hospital, and for some of your loved ones at their deathbeds. What a joy and a privilege that is. What an honor that is. So this is a chance for me, too, to ask you to pray, to pray for me, to pray for what God is calling me to do here, to, to support me, to, to encourage me, to, 
to look to our good shepherd for the guidance that I need and that you need to listen to his word, to receive his sacrament, to be fed and nourished, to be strengthened and equipped, to be served and be cared for. So that you can have the rest that your good shepherd longs for you to have. What is it that's causing you anxiety and stress and worry? Friends, whatever it is, whatever it is, this shepherd of yours standing in front of you longs for you to have rest from it. And your good shepherd longs for you to have rest from it too. Your good shepherd, Jesus, wants you to have it. Find it here. Find it here. Find it in the promises that he makes to you. Because what the goal is here, friends, what the goal of all of this is, is that we want to share in the glory, don't we? That's what Peter writes right at the end here. He, he's writing to the elders. He's writing to the, to the under-shepherds of the chief shepherd. But it's for you too. He says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. As your pastor, there's nothing I want more for you than to be in heaven. And I know you want the same for me, and we want the same for each one of our fellow Christians here. That we long to receive that crown of glory that will never fade away and to join before that throne of God. As Revelation 7 describes it, that, that the, sitting at the center of the throne is the Lamb, that Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world, that Lamb of God who laid down his life for us willingly just to take it up again so that he could give us the promise of forgiveness and peace and joy and eternal life, that Lamb at the center of the throne who shed his innocent blood for us sinners so that we can stand before him as saints. Saints right now. And someday saints dressed in white robes with him forever. That lamb at the center of the throne, as it's described, as it's described in Revelation 7, that lamb at the center of the throne, it says will be our shepherd. And he will lead us to springs of living water. And he himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes. That's what we long for, isn't it? That's the goal. That's why we're here. To share in that glory. To encourage one another to that heavenly home that waits for us. To be in the presence of our good shepherd. Where you won't need an earthly shepherd anymore. We will get to gather there in the house of the Lord forever. Your good shepherd longs for you to have rest. Find that rest that you need right here through the earthly shepherds that he gives, through his word and sacrament as we long for that eternal rest that is still to come. God grant you that. Amen.